And how do we go about dealing with those things? Um, it is difficult sometimes to to know what to do, how to do it, and why to do it when so many things are coming at you at the same time. And one of the things that we have to be most cautious of is not doing the right thing at the right time because there's so much that is on our plate. And the day is no different. We have so much going on around the world. Our concerns about our civilization as a whole. And we just need to sometimes take a step back and reflect on what it is that we want out of life and we want to go in. There is so much that needs to be done and so few people interested in trying to make anything happen that we have to sometimes just want to understand what it is that we truly want out of life in general. I know that I hate when what I dream about doesn't come to reality, and I don't like being the bad guy. But sometimes we have to be the bad guy because there's no other choice in the matter. Our hands are, uh, are just pushed to that point. How are you doing this evening, D? Looks like I don't have anybody on my line right now. I tell you, it is uh, getting old is more than a notion. I wish someone had told me, I wish someone had told me back in the day how uh, my life would be impacted by age. As you grow older, things become more important. Uh, when you're young, you feel like you got forever. And as you get older, you feel like you don't have enough time. Welcome back to the line, D. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing uh, great, James. I was so excited about the topic. I pushed the wrong button and hung up on you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. Uh, I, I think you're right on point where you are, man, with with, with this topic today. Uh, uh, when I saw that you uh, texted us to, and kind of gave us the idea that it might be what's on your mind, well, exactly what you're talking about is what, what was on my mind. Uh, let me try to paint that picture uh, of what you're talking about. You know, it was said to me some time ago that when we are in our 20s, uh, well, we, we are preoccupied by trying to uh, uh, explore our sexuality in our 20s, 30s. We're trying to find security and uh, and, and try to sustain uh, a good way of living financially. Uh, in our 40s, uh, we're preoccupied and worried about our midlife crisis. And in our 60s, we get... Uh, very spiritual in our attitude, and so when uh, when you when you lay out your questioning about uh, where we are as a society, 
and you know, and and when you say as a civilization, as opposed to uh, as a nation, as a civilization is really more important because where we are uh, in that context, we are we are all on different playing fields. Uh, we are all experiencing different planes in our life at, at, at any given time. You know, you and I, I'm in my 60s. I'm, I'm in my early 60s. Uh, you're right at your, in your 50s. So we are we're actually in a different plane uh, on our journey than, than other people like the young people. Uh, they are experiencing those, um, those avenues that I just spoke about. Like people in their 30s, they, they have no idea. There's a total disconnect on, on where we are. So when it comes down to our concern about nobody not caring enough, well, the, the fact of the matter is that they're in a different plane in their journey. They haven't gotten there yet. Um, so I think that um, the task is how do we, get them up to speed, per se, because when you look at the total picture of everything, then, yes, our society is at risk as a whole. Um, the current administration, and I only bring him and that up because of how they have uh, <clears throat> turned the hourglass upside down, and the sand is running out more quicker or more quickly than we are accustomed to. So uh, time is of essence. Um, it's not, you know, like the saying used to go, uh, it's not your daddy's Oldsmobile no more. The, the, way, the way we thought life was isn't like that no more. Uh, the table has been turned. The table has been flipped over even maybe. And so, uh, I mean, you can look at the, uh, the situation with our uh, allies that we have built that we have taken time to build for uh, 70 and 75 years, how that is quickly, that relationship is quickly deteriorating. That in itself is a need for some alarm and concern. So so the question would be, how do we bring everybody up to speed? And I think that's where we are. Thank you. D, it's uh, difficult to understand the kind of mental journeys we're taking as we change ages. And one of the things that I think about all the time is is that people seemingly want to believe in Christianity. They want to believe in a creator and in a God. And they want to follow the rules necessary to get to the utopia that they believe heaven is. But yet, no matter who you are, what you've done, they want, you know, people want to believe that they have an opportunity to go to their heavenly place. And a lot of times, going to that heavenly place requires that you have a heart for people here on earth. And there are a lot of people who don't have a heart. And that's why we 
feel and see violence and such uh, so many people unable to uh, have have a heart for people. We're going through this phase that you talk about this Republic administration is all about me, all about what have you done for me? You need to do more for me in an understanding uh, that we are the benefactors of being one of the youngest countries in the world. That because of the struggles that everybody else had to uh, create a civilization, we benefited from our youth. And now we're looking back at them and saying we want more from you because of what we bring to the table. And that doesn't show a heart for those who are suffering. That does not show any empathy for those who have less. And I think that's one of the problems the people in the Middle East have with America uh, because they look at us as a land of plenty uh, but not willing to share in the bounty that we have discovered in our youth. So I ask you, you know, we all want to to go to that heavenly place, but a lot of people aren't making the sacrifice needed to make it there. Well, James, uh, you know, I, I also thought about that, uh, what you just uh, referred to. And when you speak about um, the the use and the need to have a uh, a spiritual guidance, uh, especially uh, following the example of God and following the example of Christ. Uh, it has been brought to my attention that uh, that also is in danger. Um, church attendance around the country is down. Uh, church membership around the country is down. Um, and there has been a push by certain entities to uh, intertwine politics with religion. And I think people that 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 view uh, religion as a healthy way of life have found that 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 entertaining the two of those as bedfellows uh, is not healthy. And so in all of that, they choose to go about their search for spiritual peace in their own way. Now, that being said, the, the question that I pose now is, are we able as a society to, to know how to conduct ourselves in a world without our religion holding a knife to our throat and condemning us if we fall by the wayside? Are we, do we have enough experience on our belt to correct ourselves 
when we when we fall short? Are we able to bring ourselves back up? And I think that uh, that question is needs to be looked into because um, I'm I'm experiencing some um, some issues with people that I know that seem to have lost their way and don't know how to find their way back. Um, they have they have concerns about whether or not the church. Now we we've had those discussions here. Pastor Smith has expressed them. I have expressed them. Uh, whether or not the church is doing enough. And so I know people that have those concerns, and they seem to be letting themselves by their own submission. They're letting themselves fall through the cracks, and they are having trouble finding their way back. So. I think that's another concern that we have to, as the mature audience in this thing called life, uh, we have our we our agenda is quite full. If we if we think we know enough to try to save somebody and and bring somebody up, because the battle is uh, is very deep and very bad. And I'm sorry to take up so much time with that answer. Thank you. You know, but there is there is we read in the Bible and it shows a, a willingness uh, to forgive those who have lost their way. But some people seem to believe uh, that they can stay out there in the wilderness forever and return at the last minute uh, without there being any consequences. We see the story like the prodigal son and the story about the uh, came to work in the field early and uh, got the same things as the ones who came late. And so it is, it goes against our feelings uh, that we, you know, everybody has to put in the same amount of work in order to get to the same place. But I think it is about your heart and your need to be fair to the world in respect to what you bring to the table. Those of us who eyes open early sometimes believe it's unfair that those who are late to the party get the same reward. But we have to understand that God is a fair and honest God related to what it is that he wants the world to understand about his love and that he cannot deny anybody who comes to him in honesty. But the fact is is that there are some people who have no real love for humanity offer their brother on both sides of the aisle. Christian people who fake being in love with Christ but won't be patient to those who are not where they want them to be. You know, we have to be patient with people who don't understand the sacrifice that has to be made in order to be successful in this universe. 
everybody is not equipped to deal with the hardship that exists when you don't obey the universal rules of law. I just happened to be born by happenstance to some good teachers. Uh, my mother kept me in the church early and often, and so planted in me was seeds of hope and and grace and a willingness to understand and appreciate people who were not at the same place I was. So now, D, we're dealing with an administration uh, that feels comfortable uh, with wanting to be the dictator of the world, wanting to be a force uh, to demand that they get what they want over the needs of others. And that's what we see going on in our society when people are filled with hatred for people who are unlike themselves. And so at some point, people like you and I and people who want America to be the America of old, church is a good place to start, but we don't know if the church is prepared to play its role. I think it was you yesterday who talked about how the church has allowed the evangelicals to take leadership, and they brought us to this place. Now how do we get out of it? Well, James, you know that um, uh, you make it a great point. Now, and let me add on to that point now. All right. So, you know, uh, movies, history, and philosophy, they all have a lot in common. All right. So when we talk about how uh, this certain party, and, and they're known as the conservative party, I'm not afraid or ashamed to, to call them out. Um, they understand how things work, okay? Now, check this out. In the movie, um, um, The Book of Eli, uh, The Book of Eli is, uh, is uh, the setting of that movie is after World War III, and everybody is out uh, trying to fend for themselves. Uh, there are certain groups and, and gangs that have come together, and they're trying to survive as a group. All right, but somebody understands that um, we really don't have the power that we need to to sustain until we find this book. And this book is, uh, as it turns out, this book is the Bible. Now I was under the impression after seeing that movie that they wanted that book to to offer hope. And, and and prosperity and 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 a new dream for anybody else that that was left in the world, but it wasn't until this administration came to power and the evangelicals got sucked in to the ideology that it came clear to me why they want this book. This book gives them the power to redirect the rule of life, 
how how they want to say life is supposed to be. If you ain't got this book, then ain't nobody going to believe you for what you say. But if you got this book, then you can't argue with this book. That's why they wanted that book so bad. This book, the book of Eli in this movie was worth more than food. It was worth more than gasoline. It was worth more than water. Because they knew if I got this book, then you can't deny what it is I'm telling you. And so I say to everybody that, you know, it's fascinating that this is happening in our lifetime, but this, this same, that same principle is applying to our world right now. Thank you. It, it is truly amazing to watch the Bible come to light. And I'm not trying to say that Donald Trump is the Antichrist. But what I am saying is is that there are people who are willing to follow Donald Trump despite his shortcomings, that they are willing to walk and behind him hook or crook because somehow or another they believe that he will take them back to a time where they feel they are more respected and appreciated and that somehow they've lost their birthright. And Donald Trump is going to reestablish them as the chosen people. And that's where you see the evilness in their perspective, that they don't recognize that God considered all of us the chosen people, that he wanted us to believe and appreciate the need to be fair to everyone and that the the heavenly place we all want to live is open to all of us. None of us are born with the threat of death and going to hell. It's our journey that determines that. So many people believe no matter what they do, somehow or another they're going to get in those golden gates. And to me, that is the uh, the evilness of the untold story. See, when you got ministers making people believe that the gate is open to everybody, that all can get in uh, just because they call on God's name, he told you there were going to be people who called on his name that he didn't know. Some reason. They want to believe that every he knows everybody, and he told you he don't know everybody. Well, Jack, you know, um, uh, everything you sing cannot be denied by by the evidence that they have shown that uh, they would. They are willing to follow somebody. They are willing to follow somebody just because 
they say that they know what's right for you. Um, you know, uh, it has been said that um, that they were willing to uh, overlook his shortcomings because of his leadership ability and that he was a successful businessman. All right? But I'm like Miss Joyce. Uh, if he was so successful, then why is he so afraid to show his income tax return? See, it is my theory that uh, this was his ticket to get back the money and the dealings that he had lost. Now, hook or crook, he's going to get it. Uh, Ted, Ted Cruz called him out, but then he followed him anyway. Ted Cruz called him out when he called him a master con artist. And that, now that title right there, I would definitely give him, more so than being uh, presidential or president of the United States. A uh, master con, yes, he is. And, and and so much so that he used, now here's the key now, he used um, people like Steve Banner. And now if y'all remember him, you got to remember him, uh, the alt-right movement, and Breitbart. Now, uh, uh, Steve Bannon was already established with this movement. All right? Uh, the alt-right movement and Breitbart, which is a radio TV show uh, that was well-established, that was his clique. And uh, Donald Trump being the master con that he is, he partnered up with them. And so with that push, they pushed him in. Uh, so Hooker Crook, yeah, they all in. Historians will not let them be so forgiven. I, I'm, I'm very confident of that. Historians and philosophers that tell this story will not be so forgiving. So they can, they can try to see, they can try to believe that they're going to skate through it if they want to, but they will not skate through this. Thank you. You know, it's amazing uh, that so many of the icons that we use in terms of use in terms of the universal experience, we look at the pendulum and far far the pendulum swung when Barack Obama and his his wife, daughters and his his mother in law came into existence. Here it is you had a nucleus of people who could not they could not find real fault with and that these people stood out like a beacon of light and everybody had them underneath this microscope but could not personal related to them which inspired all of us. And then Donald Trump comes along and there's a willingness to go beyond the despicable and make people feel ordinary again. These people wanted to feel like they couldn't hold a candle to Barack Obama and the honesty that he brought to the table of serving the people. So they went to the other extreme and accepted the despicable so as not to see themselves in such a poor light. 
how in the world could you possibly vote for somebody who had all of these underlying evilness and and all of this damage following them? You and I both know Barack Obama, I, one of the things I, I've said it a couple of times because I find it so cute, that Barack Obama could not have had three or four baby mamas and a bunch of kids born to three or four different women and still became president. This is what the American people were willing to accept in order to erase what they had seen in Barack Obama's family. Recognize that there were no scandals amongst his children. There were no scandals between him and his wife and the love they had for one another. And this man even got along with his mother-in-law. So it's obvious uh, that they no longer wanted to see the light of humanity in the White House. So they were willing to go to the other extreme, this man who has no moral value or decency. He's all about himself. And that's the reason why he felt so comfortable with separating children from their mothers. Any real man couldn't have made a decision to do that, D. Any man who had a heart for the weakest link in the chain of life couldn't have taken mothers from their children. So you know Donald Trump has issues with his morality in the way that he's leading the country and how he is so easily misguided by dictators and want to normalize their existence and their behavior so that he can be more like them. So we find ourselves in the wilderness, wilderness of our time and having a lot of people blind to what is so obvious to most of us. Well, James, I had you on mute, but I got to tell you, bud, you got me cracking up over here because uh, – you are on fire today. I mean, you sound like the new Farrakhan, if I could use that name, because you're speaking <laughs> nothing but the truth. You're speaking nothing but the truth. But look, let me let me say this right here. Um, so, you know, when you say that we are one of the youngest countries on the planet, and I find that phenomenal when you look at that. We we are we are we not even three hundred years old yet as a country. But what has happened is that they have sold out that reality. Because you know the the fix it now you know we're we're not being negative. We're not being judgmental. We're not being racist. We're just kind of facing facts here, and. The fix it, the fix it to go to come behind this will be something really special. The fix it. Who's gonna have what it takes to fix it? And mind you now, 
that it won't happen in the next election. Nobody's going to be prepared well enough to fix it, to bring everybody, both sides of the table together well enough to convince the rest of the world that we made a mistake. And see, and that's 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 the whole that's the whole problem. Look, anybody knows that if you are wrong, and you come to your your mind to understand that you are wrong, the quicker you apologize and say we made a mistake, then the quicker uh, bygones will be let bygones. But the problem is that this group of people and and this they vast far and wide. This group of people throughout history, James, have never been able to say we made a mistake or we sorry. See, that's the real problem. You know, um, even George Wallace said, I'm sorry, that he was on his deathbed when he said it. And surely enough, the, pe- the very people that he was sticking the dogs on and stomping in the floor and, ca- and calling the National Guards on, they said, we forgive you. But that's not really in their nature. So when you're talking about what God do they serve and what God do we serve, it's kind of apparent to me that they're totally different. And I'm going to go on record to say also before I leave here from this segment of my turn is to say that I believe they think God works for them. They think God serves them. And so uh, I feel comfortable in saying that. Thank you. It is amazing, and you're so right, that they, there is a sense of entitlement that these people believe they have and that somehow or another that God has given his temper of approval on the way that they have treated so many individuals. Uh, the fact that they did things that were so extreme, and to, you know, from marching people on to marching Indians on to their pres- uh, 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 a select area or present uh, to um, continuing to hold people against their will and separating families from the very beginning. They had no problems with separating children from their their mothers and fathers during slavery. It was all about business. And so a lot of that, what they're thinking and feeling, comes into play right now. And uh, until they come to grips with it, they will never be able to fully understand the evilness that they created here in America. You and I both know that a lot of these major companies would not be the success they are if it wasn't for the start they had off the backs of African Americans. So, and they're not ever going to feel comfortable with paying us restitution. So we, we, should not get so caught up in the desire to get it because they don't have the heart to give it to us. And so, therefore, we're fighting 
this animal that cannot and or will not see the error of his ways. And so these kind of things come to hunt us again when we find ourselves dealing with immigration, find ourselves dealing with Haiti, and find ourselves dealing with continue to look at us with hatred in their eyes because we refuse to share the wealth, to share the opportunity that we were given in this young world that came to existence in a late period of time. So, D, you and I are seeing it. We recognize it. But white America refuses to see it, see the need to uh, accommodate those who they are discriminating against, recognizing all of us as human beings and deserving the right uh, to use the gift that God has given us to bring us the success we deserve. So, you know, I, I don't know if they, I really believe when Barack Obama was elected twice that we had turned the corner, but I don't believe now that we've even gotten to the corner at all. Well, that's okay because uh, that kind of showed you that um, there's more to the story to be told, all right? Um, but I want to touch real quick on um, something that you said uh, about them not having the heart to be to be compassionate and uh, and and all of that. Uh you know, we've been told that before. All right, we've been told that before. Uh we were told that by the Nation of Islam, uh, the followers of the Elijah Muhammad and Farrakhan and all of that. Now, now I I say that I bring that up only to say this right here. You know, when you exist in this world a world that's not yours, a world that's only loaned to you. And I'll speak, I'm, when I say to you, I'm talking about all people. I'm talking about everybody that might be listening to my voice. When you live in a world that's loaned to you, it is very important to have a diverse spirit. Because if you don't have a diverse spirit, then you're liable to be drawn in by certain parties or certain people to think that this world is yours. And the creator of this world and the creator of this universe is bound to show you wrong, bound to show you that you are mistaken. You know, um, this these people that I'm talking about, they have learned how to weaponize Christianity. And and I saw that it, 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 it came to my attention again when I was reading one of my oldest son's my oldest son uh, history book, and I, my mind was blown when they, you know, white history is American history. All right, but uh, when he became a high school student, uh, American history started to show some diversity. And in his history book, they mentioned how the United States took Hawaii. And one of the reasons was that they needed it for a military outpost. <clears throat> but the other reason is they wanted the, the resources of Hawaii, which was sugarcane and all of that. 
and they used a, a Christian crusade to overtake that place. <laughs> to overtake that place. A Christian crusade. <laughs> now, in all of that, we've heard that before. Throughout history, how they used a Christian crusade to take what they want. And so that's why I say that we've seen this before. And that's one of the beauties of, of getting to a place where you can enjoy older age. Because when you live long enough to see things for a second time, you're not fooled at all. Thank you, James. And it's such a, it's so refreshing when you are able to see the imperialism that took place all over the world. You've always had countries that deserve, believe that they deserve to have everybody underneath their control and their unwillingness to share. They wanted to control countries no matter how far they were away. They wanted the ability to dictate and to determine the way of life for people who were nowhere near them, that somehow they deserved to be in control. So you had England dictating and, 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 and dominating India and other places around the world, despite the fact that they were such a small entity, but you and I and others are able to see that for what it is and recognize uh, that if we are true Christians, that is not the way that you display love and humanity. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and let let the two of us have our final words, D. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to... Let it go. Can't let this thing hold up. Get away from you. Feel free right now. I'm looking at you when I'm walking past the mirror, mirror. Ain't worried about you 
doing? What you gonna do? I'm a lady, so I must stay classy. Gotta keep it high, keep it together. I want to get better. We got one change. that are the least of us. 
I want to thank you all for listening to my show. I want to thank D for his continued support. And uh, I, I'm disappointed that I missed some of you because I come came in late myself. So forgive me for being old and not being able to sit for a minute or two without closing my eyes. I want to just thank you all for being out there within the sound of my voice and recognizing that I have a heart for people, and I want my country to have a heart for people. I want you all to remind yourselves that we have to be a stronger country in order to have the benefits and the blessings that can be bestowed upon us from our Creator. Take care, everybody, and I'll see you tomorrow on Thoughts, Love, and Reflection. Father, help your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road. Thank you.